Let's rock and roll. I'm half man, half Sasquatch, and welcome to the planet of the mythical creatures. And I'm Enoch Redenbacher. This popcorn is delicious. Shout out to our international listeners. We've yeah, we got one person in China right now. One person in Australia who I'm probably related to. Mm-hmm. Two people in the UK. But we've infiltrated, let's see, one, two, three, four continents. I think yeah. that's pretty good. We just need somebody in Africa and South America. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening from Africa and South America, email us at pmeerkats at gmail.com or tweet us at pmeerkats and let us know. Through through my office window right now, I can see out into my backyard and my daughter has a cup of water and she's pouring it on top of her. She has like this toy horse that's two feet tall. She's just <laughs> slowly pouring water on her horse's head. And I don't even want to know why. It's just that image in my mind is going to sustain me for the rest of this podcast. Planet of... So today we're talking about, drumroll Dave, what are we talking about? The Middle Ages. I and think that, I've misspelled the, the word medieval seven different ways in making notes for this <laughs> podcast. Well, it, it is an incredibly complicated word to spell. <laughs> <laughs> but really, do you know how to spell anything anymore these days? Because spell check pretty much does it all. Yeah, that, I don't want to admit. <laughs> Dude, I tried to write some basic notes the other day with a pencil on a pad of paper. And five minutes in, I threw the pencil and I screamed about how hard it was how much it was hurting my hand and then stormed off. Yeah, my hand like, is atrophied. If I try and like write so anything. It's like so hard to write yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and my handwriting was never good. And now it's just, it's barely language. It's funny that you chose half man, half Sasquatch for your name. Because I was just reading a thing about how there's like a, these myths of beast men who mm-hmm. lived out in the forest in the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. And people would report in, and it may have just been like a really hairy guy that decided to leave society and live out in the woods. <laughs> but eventually it reached a point where people thought that the beastmen had uh, hidden knowledge. So they would go leave. Like at one point, there was some people who left a keg of beer out. And then when it came to got the beer and was drunk, they tied it down to ask it questions. I don't think they <laughs> learned anything, but. That's good medieval knowledge right there. <laughs> Everything I know about the Middle Ages, I learned from Monty Python. Yeah, you know what? From what I've read, that's actually not a bad representation. You take the silliness out of it. Yeah. And the the peasant arguing politics. (laughs) (laughs) When we decided to do this, I had totally forgotten this memory, but we actually went to Medieval Times together. And I'm assuming Medieval Times, the chain is still around. We went there probably two years ago with the kids right after we moved down here. So it was there then. I assume Mm -hmm. it's still there. (laughs) It feels very like 90s. It's the like theme restaurants, like Rainforest Cafe and things like that. So I I am happy to know that it's still around because sometimes you do just want to go get a giant turkey leg and gnaw on it in public. It's not the type of place you want to go with your kids though. Because my kids are picky eaters and neither one of them ate anything. We had to hit McDonald's afterwards. And these were like $80 meals. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And when you have kids, you can't get drunk, which takes away half the fun. (laughs) We have a photo somewhere of you and me very enthusiastically hugging each other. We're both wearing (laughs) uh, sweaters. We look like we're way overdressed to go to medieval times, but we'll have to find that photo and put it on the site. 
what we need to do is go to medieval times again a live stream mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. we're yelling for our night <laughs> and uh, baiting our winch to bring us more mead i always dreamed when i was a kid of i would because i would i had this I, I thought of it in terms of castle times right Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh man, it would be cool if a knight from Castle Times came forward through time, and I could show him around. What would he think if I brought him to to the like McDonald's and bought him a burger? Like, oh man, he'd probably want to eat ten burgers. That's like uh, in Bill and Ted's, right? Yeah, where they they take Napoleon, to... <laughs> and then he eats the giant ice cream and gets yeah, the... yeah, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like what historical figure would you personally want to go eat ice cream with? Oh man, all the philosophers are gonna are gonna be assholes, so I don't think I want to eat ice cream with any of the philosophers. Mm-hmm. I think I probably would want to go eat ice cream with Attila the Hun. Interesting. I would go and get tacos with David Bowie, but oh man, you, okay, so you're Monty. Yeah, I was thinking way back when. Yeah, David well, Bowie would I mean, be pretty he's awesome. He's still a historical figure. <laughs> So he only died three years ago. So <laughs> <the> loophole. <laughs> Which Bowie would you get ice cream with? What year would I pull him forward in time from? Yeah, yeah. What phase of his career would you pull oh, Ziggy man. Stardust Bowie or? I would do, no, I wouldn't do Ziggy Stardust Bowie. I would do Bowie during his Berlin years. Let's move on to unicorns. Yeah, so, that, so there's some authentic Middle Ages stuff here. Unicorns. Yeah, unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you pose the question, why do little girls love them? And I think, to me, that's... Why is a unicorn (laughs) better than a horse? (laughs) Because it's covered in glitter. But if a horse was covered with glitter? The only thing that really separates (laughs) a unicorn from a horse is the horn on its forehead. And so, yeah, I I, I guess... so majestic, though. I mean, how are you not impressed by that? And I I just got to show off my unicorn knowledge because... Although I'm not a brony, I have watched My Little Pony with my daughters and I'm currently reading a book about Twilight Sparkle finding her mojo with <laughs> Nellie. And there are, in the My Little Pony universe, there are ponies and then there are pegasuses, which have wings but no horn. And then there's unicorns, which have a horn. And then there's alicorns, which had, have both wings and a horn. And as far as I can tell, unicorns can become alicorns. Because Twilight Sparkle started off a unicorn and now she has wings. So are these like variations like created from crossbreeding or are they like all a separate species? That's what I don't know. Like I said, Twilight Sparkle grew some wings because she's a princess or something. <laughs> who's that Who's that horse that's named like Nightmare Fuel or something like that? My, <laughs> I don't know. My daughter always <laughs> talking about this horse. I, I have no idea what it is. I'm like, You're, you had a nightmare? And she's like, oh, I didn't have a nightmare. I'm talking about this horse called Nightmare. <laughs> what? Yeah, right now, Nellie's very much into My Little Pony. Abigail had her phase a while back. Mm-hmm. Unicorns stem from narwhals, right? That's where the like the myth I came from. Yes. I, I know that uh, they used to cut the horns off narwhals. And then they would bring the horns back and sell them as unicorn horns and be mm-hmm. like, use this in your magical concoctions. It came from a unicorn. I think narwhals are like, if I, if there was one animal that I would love to one day see in the wild, it's a narwhal. Now, like just I, that horn crest through the water would be so <laughs> crazy and glorious. I don't get the impression that narwhals are very common. And I, it's one of those things that I wonder that my, my daughter's, who we don't travel that much, 
but they know what a narwhal is. They've never seen a narwhal. Probably will never see a narwhal, but they know what a narwhal is. Because it's one of the most badass creatures ever invented. That's is why. it though? Beyond the fact that they got a big tooth sticking up through their nose that looks like a unicorn horn. I don't know anything about them. It's a freaking whale that has a dagger <laughs> sticking out of its head. That's metal, dude. So this episode's going to be the podcast equivalent of a van with a unicorn logo painted on the side. <laughs> oh, no, you, unicorns have been going through a metamorphosis lately. There was a movie called Cabin of the Woods mm-hmm. where a whole bunch of like monsters get released. And at one point, a unicorn runs and impales a guy. And then in, in the show Legends of Tomorrow, they went back in time to uh, Woodstock and a unicorn was there and ripped off one of the main character's nipples with his horn. Wow. <laughs> so unicorns are getting a, a little bit of a badass reputation. and I'm digging that. Let's pivot from unicorns to monks. Now, you may say, what's interesting about monks? And I'll tell you what's interesting about monks. They made beer. Mm-hmm. And they invented black letter typography. Back in the day before the the Gutenberg mm-hmm. press, like really the only people that that wrote, that sat and wrote long documents were monks. But like then the Gutenberg press came out and revolutionized the art of typography. Mm-hmm. And at that point, people were like, wow, black letter sucks. Let's like find a better way to communicate. <laughs> and they found inspiration. And, and this is in Europe, mind you, found yeah. inspiration from old Roman type and that's how our first serif typefaces were developed i read a book a couple years ago called how the irish saved civilization Uh and it was all about how there was all this knowledge during the dark ages that was lost because people just were burning down castles and libraries but a lot of that information had funneled up to ireland which was out of the way and the monks there preserved it through their copying process yeah, that, that's exactly it. There's, They were the record keepers. They were the ones who passed along the traditions and knowledge and the stories. I, I love when I see an old manuscript that was copied over by a monk, and there's like cat paw prints on it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, cats were jerks even then. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, you spent like an entire yeah. day copying this page over, and then Mr. Fuzzles decides he's going to walk on it and, and ruined all your work. And the monks were like, screw it. And they just toss it in the book anyways. That's amazing. (laughs) Mr. Fuzzles, is that what he said? That's an incredible cat name. Also, monks inspired Jedi fashion. They did. Yeah. Well, sort of a combination of like European monks and then Eastern monks, like Tibetan monks and Buddhist monks. And also like Swedish black metal bands. So I... I watched the, the movie The Passion of Joan of Arc the other night, which was made in 1928. It's a silent movie and takes place in like 1431. And it's actually, they had a script for it that the director threw out. Mm-hmm. And instead he decided to base base the, the movie off of the minutes from the trial of Joan of Arc, which apparently were still around. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, she's put on trial by all these monks and he used a new camera specifically because it allowed him to film without putting makeup on actors. So everybody in the movie doesn't have makeup, including Joan and the movie is made up almost entirely of close-ups. So all these people just look hideous. It's like when HD first came along and you turn tune into the note, the news and realize that the, the hot young anchor that you liked was actually 75. And- yeah. I, I still am not into HD. 
like I, I prefer watching like that old like fuzzy VHS look where everything just feels romantic and far off. Like it's just too real. Apparently the original copy of the movie was lost in a fire. And then for years, the only one that was available was the one that was made up of B shots. And I guess the way to tell between them is in the, in the first version, there's a guy who, or somebody It's supposed to be Joan of Arc, but they, she gets bled and they actually tap into a vein. And you see the blood squirt out. And I guess that was real. And they actually had a guy put his arm in there and they tapped into it and the blood shot out. But in the B-rolls, not nearly as much blood came out because they already released so much blood <laughs> as much pressure. But then, uh, true story, in the 80s, they found a copy of the movie in a closet in a mental asylum. And so that then they, somebody came and restored that, and that's what I watched oh, wow. on the Criterion. The, uh, the only other topic I have around monks is just to talk about Tony Shalhoub. And now I didn't even watch Monk. I just, I'm a... I'm an all-time like wings stan. One thing that I, I think is important to talk about with the Middle Ages is that our our conception of it, I think, in a American cultural sense, is it's all rooted in in the Middle Ages culture of Europe. Mm -hmm. But in other parts of the of the world, like the Middle Ages, was not necessarily bereft of a scientific advancement, and mm -hmm. it wasn't just suffering and pestilence. In Japan, it was the time of the samurais and the shogun, sort of what we think of as that classic period, mm -hmm. I think, extended for hundreds of years. In China, so much stuff happened, but uh, a big thing that happened was these sort of trade routes were opened. It was one of the most advanced countries in the world. There's also like the Mongols were running shit and killing people and doing their thing. Genghis Khan was pretty crazy. He's related to like 15% of the people in Asia or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like anything in history, there's just so much there, right? And and we've boiled it down to these topics, which have, I think, become simplified in our popular culture. Not to mention even American civilizations, African civilizations that went through their own sort of like ups and downs during that time. But we don't, unfortunately, we've written them out of our history mm -hmm. or written them out of of the, the larger history that we talk about. So I started to watch a movie called Andre Rublev, which was a Tarkovsky movie, I think 1966. And it focuses on Russia in the mm -hmm. 15th century. And from the 30 minutes I watched, it was pretty awesome. And then <laughs> I didn't finish it. <laughs> it really does feel like rooted in, in an attempt to be realistic. Now, how do we know what it was? How, how can we be realistic about <laughs> something that happened 500 years ago? On one hand, I feel like it was a long time ago, and it's almost inconceivable to try and imagine what life was like that far back, because just because there's been so much growth. But on the other hand, when I was watching the Joan of Arc movie, there the English soldiers in the movie, they wear what could almost have been like English soldier uniforms from World War One, And at first I was like, I wonder if this is some commentary on the fact that they had to get bailed out by Britain in World War One. And then I read about it, and I guess all the costumes in the movie were period, were period accurate. And so it wasn't that they were spoofing, or it wasn't that they were referring to English soldiers in World War One. It's just that English soldier uniforms didn't change that much between mm -hmm. the 1400s and the 20th century. Something is the way it is, and it just continues that way. There's an inertia to it, right? And so 
if you have these military uniforms, why redesign them? And for a lot of people, <laughs> like regardless of scientific advancements, a lot of places in this world still, life is probably pretty similar to how it was 500 years ago. Those places are, I think, disappearing, but it's still possible that you could encounter a place that has those same traditions and daily um, rituals. Well, for everybody that talks about like how we're going to have the the singularity and the mankind's going to merge with computers and stuff, I feel like, okay, if that happens, it's going to happen to a very small percentage of the population mm-hmm. in a very affluent part of the world. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, the rest of the world is in danger of that happening anytime yeah, soon. Yeah. Before we get to the playlist, which I'm excited about, I want to play on the the double entendre here and talk about our middle ages. You and I both are 41 now. How are we that old? I don't think it was that long ago when we were like in our 20s. I I find myself now constantly thinking, what was I doing 20 years ago? And now what am I going to, like, how long did that feel? Because in that same span of feeling, I'm now going to be like 61. (laughs) and that's the part i think like thinking forward like being 40 i don't feel that different but thinking 20 years forward and equating that with things we did 20 years ago it makes life seem so small but if you look at like our parents who are in their 60s i feel like they seem a lot younger than our grandparents did at the same age 60 really is the new 50 and 40 is the new 30 like i think as as time goes on Getting old doesn't have as much consequences as it used to. Mm-hmm. So yesterday I tried climbing a tree and there's a, <laughs> a big oak tree. And it was like next to a creek and there were a lot of oak trees. And, and most of them were like much taller than I was ever <laughs> going to climb unless I had those, that little like harness that you have with the like mm-hmm. spiky boots. Like I could, I was like, oh, if only I had Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being in the lumberjack. So I'm like the, like the smallest little shrimpy tree. And I was like, I'm going to climb this guy. So I got up and I was like showing off. I'm on the branch. I'm like, woo, look at me. But then I was like trying to get down the tree and I like slipped and hit my knee on it. And I've always tried to climb on stuff I probably shouldn't climb on and hurting myself. Is not... <laughs> you know, that, that's very true. I remember yeah. once we were all going to go to the movies and you just were wearing a, a new pair of jeans that you'd bought. And then you jumped on Adam's truck. And yeah. it, it ripped the pants from like the ankle to the, the, the crotch area. And you were so mad. And I was irritated because you weren't going to the movie then. Yeah, because I had to go back and try to. Like, <laughs> I had to go get a new pair. You're I, like, this is a manufacturing defect. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you try to return something to Costco. It's like this TV, this TV just happened to crack. And it's got like a whole the shape of a baseball. <laughs> Oh yeah. Where was I going with that? Oh, but God bless Costco. You know, I probably would have injured myself climbing a tree when I was 20, but it definitely wouldn't have hurt for 10 days, which I anticipate my knee will hurt for 10 days, but I aches and pains. They definitely last longer. The other day I had to do a particularly long dishwashing stint. And by the time <laughs> I was done, my back hurt. And I'm like, damn, dude. I like I am having back spasms because <laughs> I wash the dishes too long. <laughs> Dude, I take I bring a heating pad with me everywhere. Like <laughs> I'll be packing for a trip and I'll just put my heating pad in there. I got my ibuprofen. You gotta be realistic with where you're at in life. <laughs> I feel like it wasn't that long ago. Like I was the young guy at work. I was the up yeah. and comer. I'm really not anymore. No. And I it hit me a few years back. I'm like, okay, all these student assistants that work at my job, they're closer in age 
to my daughter, Abigail, than they are to me. I am no longer in their like social sphere in any way, shape, or form. They look at me like the old guy. We're not even in like the demographic anymore for like ads. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I got a letter from the AARP telling me that I had been accepted for membership. I'm like, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Your records are a little bit off. Wait, this is from my dad. But the flip side of all this, I believe, is that we have added wisdom now. Very true. When you get to 40, you don't get you don't get as upset. I feel like you're more reasoned and measured in your reactions to things. And people ask you for your advice and you can give it without feeling like a complete fraud, which is cool. Yeah. You've been through some shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm wondering what is like the middle age crisis car of our current time? Is it the Tesla? I hope so. Cause I think Teslas are awesome and I wish I, I, could afford one. I know that you have to factor in like gas prices and everything. They're just a pricey car. Yeah. I guess there are some that are cheaper, yeah, but, but they're not quite as svelte yeah, as the Tesla. They're not like, like the one you want is that is the SUV one that has the clear roof. So you can look at the stars through your, like yeah. no matter where you're looking in your car, which is very cool. I remember when we bought, we have a Highlander uh, hybrid. When we bought it, we had the choice of, we could have, kept the sunroof or upgraded to the moonroof, which is one of those mm-hmm. deals like you're talking about where it's essentially clear on the entire mm-hmm. roof. And the guy at the dealership was like, you don't want that. If that gets cracked, it costs like $3,000 to replace. Oh man. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I don't want that. <laughs> but that's the beauty of being middle-aged, right? In theory, you have the spending power to make frivolous choices. And then if it doesn't work out, no harm, no foul. Yeah. So is podcasting our midlife crisis? I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot. So a thread through this, the sort of way people think about podcasting always really bothers me. Like every time I'm reading an article about podcasting, it's like everyone has a podcast now. And I'm kind of like, so what? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think more people should just have an opportunity to, to have discussions. I think that's a, like a really good thing in our society. But there's also this thread that's, and I think this is maybe just part of like, how our world is now where everyone has a presence online is mm-hmm. that <laughs> you have to have some level of confidence to think that people want to hear you talk. Very true. And <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that's a midlife crisis thing or more of like, just a, just like a gen- genuine, like reflection of your own self-worth. <laughs> like <laughs> you gotta be like an e- egoist to, to want a podcast. <laughs> One of the things I like is it gives me a reason to do research and have a purpose, right? Because right now it's like, if I'm not at work, I'm either helping my kids or I'm sitting on the couch watching a TV show or something. And this this gets back to the wisdom thing. So like you have a desire to like expand your knowledge and and that's probably something that like age affords you that when you're 20, it's like you have other priorities and probably not going to sit around. We probably wouldn't have sat around in our twenties and done this. I don't know. Maybe we would have, but (laughs) Um, it would have been it would have been significantly lamer if we did yeah. it in our twenties. Can you <laughs> imagine the stuff we would have talked about? Yeah, yeah, it would have been bad. Yeah, I, I'm glad there's not a record of, of my mindset then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me bring up the playlist. And uh, so it was really hard to find songs about the Middle Ages. So I kind of stretched in a lot of ways. Of course, there's the the Camelot song for Mighty Python and the Holy Grail. And my personal favorite on the playlist is Udalali from the animated Robin Hood. 
But so in, in doing this playlist, because also on the playlist is Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams, which oh. is the oh, theme yeah. song of Robin Hood, Prince of oh, Thieves. Yeah. You, the gave question, me that, you gave me that as a cassette five years ago. Did I? <laughs> yeah. You gave me that. And then Phil Collins, no, what is it? No suit, no jacket. Is that? <laughs> no jacket required, I think is what it's no called. And then you also gave me like a Tchaikovsky cassette. Um, That's awesome. So wait, you could have, correct me if I'm wrong, but you could have put any one of Led Zeppelin's first four albums on that. Like and in I believe I do have, on that playlist. I do have Ramble On on the playlist. <laughs> you, you just put Led Zeppelin 2 on there and you were like, I knew I made a related playlist. <laughs> um, so it begs the question though, who's the best modern Robin Hood? Carrie Elways. Carrie Elways? See, I'm going to go with the fox from uh, the Disney Robin Hood oh. movie. For a minute, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you know, you're right. You're right. I take it back. The fox is awesome. <laughs> Although at least Carrie Ellis speaks with an English accent. Dude, I have no idea who Tehran Ter- Egerton is. Who's Tehran? Tehran Egerton. <laughs> he, he, he's an English actor. He was in that movie... Where, damn, what's it called? It has Colin Firth in it. And they're like a secret society of agents in England. Uh, the King's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, he was also in that movie Sing, where he played a, a singing gorilla. <laughs> but he, he did a Robin Hood movie with Jamie Foxx, who I think was Little John. This brings up something I was going to add on here, and then I forgot to, which is the episode on 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 TNG, Star Trek: The Next Generation, where Q transports the whole <laughs> past back in time into the the Robin Hood story, and Worf is Little John, right? And he has the the classic line, "Captain, I must protest. Protest, I am not a merry man." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. Yeah, that's a great episode. Q is one of our favorites. So you didn't have a, you could have had um, Picard on here, as in this question of who's the best Robin Hood. I guess he was a he was a Robin Hood, yeah. technically speaking. Costner, yeah. Elwes, Crow, the Fox, Taron Egerton, or Jean Luc Picard. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna rank them. I'm gonna go the Fox, Jean Luc, and Carrie Elwes. Nice. Yeah. I remember really liking the Costner movie, but I don't think I could watch it now. All right. So what do we, do we cover everything? I think we did. I mean, so. cover Lord of the Rings though, Dave, do you have any, do you want to add anything? I know that Lord of the Rings is probably your favorite, if not single movie, the whole of it, I think is probably one of your favorite pieces of popular. Yeah, I've, I've revisited the books quite a few times. And when I'm bored, I'll just put on one of the Lord of the Rings movies. And I'm, I've been introducing my kids to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal in my life. I even have a, a giant map out in my living room that somebody made of all the locations that everybody visits in Lord of the Rings. I feel like Lord of the Rings speaks to this mythical version of the Middle Ages that people have in their heads. Mm-hmm. Because when you actually go back to it, the Middle Ages were like dirty and nasty and people didn't live very long and wouldn't have been pleasant at all. But it looks pretty good in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. All right, Neil, what, what are we going to do next week? What's our topic? I'm feeling hungry, so I think we should do sandwiches. Any particular type of sandwiches or just... No, man. And so you get to choose your interpretation 
of what what constitutes a sandwich. So, so it could be the Earl of Sandwich or an Oreo. Yeah. Okay. If you think burritos are sandwiches, then just take it away, my man. Oh, man. I thought we weren't going to get into politics here. The burrito, <laughs> if, <laughs> whether burritos are sandwiches or not, that's a pretty fraught issue. Yeah, I think we're going to we're going to find ourselves disagreeing on some things. That's the spice <laughs> of life. So, yeah, till next week, my friend. All right. I am half man, half Sasquatch. And I am Enoch Redenbacher. And Dave is slowly pouring a bucket of popcorn all over his head. (laughs) In the sexiest way possible. This has been a broadcast from the planet of the meerkats. Whoa.